0: This is a podcast all about perinatal mental health and wellness related to conception, pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. But more than that, we aim to deepen our truths, shed light on real issues, speak about our pain, feel understood, and offer a path to healing. We raise the volume on these topics in hopes that someday everyone will have the support and information that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Hi everybody, welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. On this episode, we're gonna hear a personal story from Crystal Cargus. She's gonna share her experience with postpartum depression um, three different times. She's also gonna share a little bit about how her history with an eating disorder played out in her experience, as well as what she learned over time through her pregnancies and the kind of work that she's doing now as a lactation consultant and registered dietitian nutritionist and the unique perspective that she has with her skills and her background and how that's helped her heal and help a lot of other moms. Crystal is a registered dietitian nutritionist, board-certified lactation consultant, and mama of five. With an online-based nutrition practice, Crystal helps moms nurture a peaceful relationship with food and their bodies at any stage of the motherhood journey. As a survivor of an eating disorder and postpartum depression, Crystal is passionate about empowering mothers to nourish themselves first so that they may better nourish their families. Crystal infuses both personal and professional experience into her nutrition counseling practice with over 10 years of involvement in the fields of maternal health, child nutrition, and eating disorder recovery. By serving mothers and families through her online blog and private practice, Crystal is committed to creating a community of strong, thriving mothers who are learning to nourish their families, minds, bodies, and spirits and experience the abundance of motherhood. So let's meet Crystal. Welcome, Crystal. Thanks so much for being with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Kat.
0: I'm really excited to talk with you. You have a lot of really great perspective and things that you can share with us today. So I'd like to start off with your story, wherever you'd like to start.
1: Sure. I would love to share. And thank you so much for this podcast and all the ways that you help support mothers. I think it's so needed. Thank you. Yeah. And so I am a mama of five. We have five little ones ranging in age from two months to almost eight. So it's definitely been a journey for me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess I could start with a little bit of a backstory. So, you know, I think growing up, I knew I always wanted children, you know, but didn't really know what that would look like for me. And of course, you don't really think about those things until it, Becomes time to, you know. Mm -hmm. But in my late teens and early 20s, I struggled with anorexia and, you know, it really took a toll on my body. And I distinctly remember a couple different health professionals telling me that I would have a really hard time conceiving and having children because of the extensive damage that, you know, had happened in my body as a result of the eating disorder. And, Mm -hmm. you know, being at such a young age and not really, I don't think I really understood what that meant and or right. really took it for face value just because, you know, I was still pretty young and not really thinking about having kids at that time. And, but I think, you know, once I met my husband and we started our lives together, that became a really big fear for me. I was just really worried that we wouldn't be able to have children mm-hmm. or start a family as a result of my eating disorder, my struggle with anorexia, and thankfully I did get treatment. I was able to get the help I needed to recover and heal from that, but, you know, we didn't really know what that would look like for us until we started trying to have kids, and thankfully, you know, we were able to have children, and we have five now, which has been quite the adventure for me, but <laughs> also just such a testament of, the healing that comes with recovery from eating disorders, I Mm. think, and I hope that any women who may be listening to this and struggling with that themselves know that there is absolutely healing and opportunity for recovery. And I was just so grateful to experience that myself and to see that, you know, despite everything that I had put my body through, that I was still able to conceive and have children. And that's definitely been such a gift for me. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. I'm I'm so glad for you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, it's interesting because that definitely played a part in each of my pregnancy and postpartum experiences. And Mm -hmm. I did struggle with postpartum depression after my first three children were born. And I honestly didn't even know that I was that, that that's what I was struggling with until mm-hmm. my third. I think it got so intense that I finally realized I need to talk to someone about this mm-hmm. but looking back retrospectively, you know I wish I would have been able to reach out for help sooner because it was such a dark and isolating time for me. yeah. But I think, you know, because I came into pregnancy knowing that it would be hard for us to conceive or that I possibly wouldn't be able to have children, the fact that I had a child and a new baby, you know, I felt like you should be so grateful. You should be Mm -hmm. over the moon, excited and happy about this, but my experience didn't really look like that and it Mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. such a stark contrast to what I expected it to be that I think that's for me why I had a hard time recognizing that I really was struggling and that what I was feeling and experiencing wasn't normal with Mm -hmm. uh, my postpartum experiences. And so it's interesting how that kind of plays a role into
0: And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search
2: for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.
0: Yeah, and I really appreciate you talking about this and this in particular, because I think, especially having gone what you went through and all the medical providers or whoever giving you the expectation that either things were going to be hard or nearly impossible, then you have all this internalized pressure on yourself to make sure you appreciate everything when it does happen. And it takes a lot out of you really to keep putting that pressure on yourself when you actually don't feel well. And it makes a lot of moms feel worse. Feel yes. feel all that guilt.
1: Yes. And that's exactly what I experienced, you know, that guilt for feeling mm-hmm. the way that I was feeling after having my children. And it was particularly after my first three, you know, and I think also too a reason why I had trouble recognizing what I was dealing with was You know, first of all, there's a lot of stigma around mental illness, as I'm sure Mm -hmm. you're aware of, you know, with not only postpartum depression, but eating disorders. And Mm
2: -hmm.
1: for me, you know, it it was something that was hard to recognize or talk about. And it is interesting, like how our society builds up pregnancy and Mm -hmm. having a baby. And there's very little discussion about the things that we can struggle with as women, especially after having our children. Right. And I think that's why it made it so hard for me to reach out for help. But also, I don't think my symptoms were necessarily presented as what I had known as classical postpartum depression and even Mm -hmm. being screened by my OBGYN. you know, they kind of ask you general questions at your six week checkup. Mm -hmm. And even then I didn't recognize that, you know, things were kind of off for me and really for me how it presented was just feeling really disconnected from my children and Mm -hmm. not feeling very bonded to them. I just kind of went through the motions of my day and taking care of them. And I didn't recognize that that in itself, you know, was a symptom of postpartum depression. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why it continued for as long as it did before I was able to get help. But I think ultimately for me, I realized if I am not feeling like myself and granted, you know, in postpartum, it is a transition and we don't necessarily feel like ourselves, but Mm -hmm. I recognize, you know, especially after having my fourth and now after my fifth, that if I am not feeling well and something just seems to be off, it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to reach out for help. It doesn't make you a bad mom. It doesn't make you a bad person, you know, it's just something that you're going through that you need help for. And so that's definitely been a big theme for me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) having each of my children, I think.
0: That's quite a bit. So you said you've kind of figured out that you'd had postpartum after the third. Mm -hmm. Looking back on things now, I'm sure it's knowing what you know now, it's clearer to see what happened, but it sounds like you felt similarly throughout each of those first three postpartums.
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. And definitely with my first, I think was the most intense in terms of trying to figure out, you know, I think for me, I just really thought this is what it's like to be a new mom. This -hmm. is what it's like to have a new baby. And it just takes a while to kind of figure things out. But really like looking back, it was much more than that. You know, I was again, feeling really disconnected from her. And even little things throughout the day would just feel really difficult and overwhelming for me. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And I was working part-time outside of the home at that time, with, actually with my first three. And so once I went back to work, I feel like that was a really big trigger in the sense that it kind of intensified my symptoms mm-hmm. because now I'm not only dealing with my own mental health issues, but I'm trying to balance so many different things right. and I just felt completely stretched and overwhelmed. And yeah, once I had my third, I think... I kind of reached my breaking point. You know, mm-hmm. I was having a lot of difficulty functioning just on a day-to-day basis. Um, having toddlers as well as a newborn to care for, yeah. I think made it a lot more intense for me. And I think the big reoccurring theme that I saw after each of my three first three kids was just a major disconnect from being able to engage and really kind of bond with them. Like Mm -hmm. I never experienced urges to hurt them or hurt myself. And I was taking care of them and doing all the things I needed to do, but I just emotionally couldn't feel like I could connect to them. And I think that was the hardest thing for me as a new mom, you know, feeling Mm -hmm. like I should be bonding with them. I should be feeling so close and connected to them, but really they kind of felt like a foreign person to me. And through my recovery from postpartum depression, I realized that it was okay. It's okay to get to know this new little being that has come into my life. And Mm -hmm. it's not supposed to be this magical connection all the time as soon as you have that baby. And recognizing that that was okay was such a relief to me, I think.
0: Yeah, that is so important. Again, you were feeling all of that pressure that so many of us feel and maybe all of us feel is what it's supposed to look like is this sort of fantasy almost that mm-hmm. anything outside of that is just, you should feel bad about yes. uh, if you're not feeling all these perfect, wonderful things all of the time.
1: Yes. It's and really hard
0: to navigate for that long of a period of time that you went through this.
1: Yeah, it really was. And, you know, I was so thankful that once I was able to kind of speak out to my OBGYN about what I was feeling, that she could validate what I was going through and connect Mm. me to the help that I needed. So That's
0: fantastic.
1: Yes, I'm so grateful. And then I think too, it made it so much, not necessarily easier, but going into my fourth and fifth pregnancies, just knowing that, okay, you may be dealing with this and it's okay. You can get the help that you need. And once I knew what resources were available, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I think that just took a lot of pressure off of me. And, you know, we're also really submerged in this whole culture where we are seeing the highlights of everyone's lives and social Mm -hmm. media. And I definitely think that plays a part of it too, because we may see other moms who are putting out there that you know, things are really magical and, Mm -hmm. and amazing. And we may not be feeling that experience. And I think that can contribute to, to feeling like, you know, we are the only ones going through this. But I think Mm -hmm. in reality, this is a very common experience for a lot of mothers. Yeah. Kind of normalizing that.
0: Well, and that's one of the reasons why I love when people share their stories and that you've come on to share your story and about the work that you do now is that, If we don't talk about it, we are left feeling alone. Like hearing other people's lived experience just helps so much to help other people Mm. realize that it's not themselves and come out of, you know, the darkness, so to speak, to get the help that they need and Mm -hmm. just to not feel as ashamed. It's really powerful. And I I thank you for sharing these parts of your story.
1: Mm, Thank you so much. And I think too, you know, my husband and I were married right out of college, and we started having a family pretty early on for us. And so I think at the time, there was not, or at least I wasn't connected to a lot of outside information. You know, I didn't really have very many other friends that were having children at the same time that we were. And so for me, I think that also made it feel even more isolating, just, yeah, you know, kind of going through it on my own. But again, After connecting to the resources that I was able to after my third, just realizing that there really is a wealth of information and a tribe of women and mothers out there who have faced similar things. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, that was probably one of the most encouraging parts of finding recovery is just realizing I'm not alone through this. I'm not the only one that has experienced it. And there is absolutely hope for you know, finding healing.
0: Right. It, that's so powerful. And, you know, going through what you've been through over the last, I suppose, eight years now, mm-hmm. if your oldest is eight yeah. and all that you've learned through this process, you became a lactation consultant during this time and the nutrition support. Yes. Um, <laughs> and doing nutrition support as well. Can you talk about that and how that came to be?
1: Sure. I would love to. Thank you for asking. So in college, I um, was pursuing the route of becoming a dietitian. And it was kind of a long road to figuring out what I really wanted to do. And it was interesting because, you know, it wasn't really until I had my first and second children that I really kind of understood what I wanted to pursue in terms of my career as a dietitian. But yes, after I had my first, I had such an incredibly hard time breastfeeding. And again, this was just another area that I didn't realize would be difficult. I think mm-hmm. I just came into it thinking that, you know, oh, breastfeeding is so natural and it'll happen so easily. And I just had a picture of, you know, my daughter latching on perfectly. And honestly, I had no idea how difficult breastfeeding would be. And I think that threw me for the biggest loop too, Mm -hmm. and probably also contributed to the struggles I was experiencing with my mental health because I just felt like such a failure. You know, Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't feed her. I felt like I couldn't give her what was best, you know, because that's everything we hear about is breast is best. And right yeah, I felt like such a failure for not being able to feed her well. And, you know, I was able to get some help as well with that. And I did work with a couple amazing lactation consultants who did help me realize that really, it was okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know it seems so simple, but I think I had built up breastfeeding so much. And that was something that I really wanted to do. But after struggling with being able to feed her through breastfeeding, you know, I realized that it was okay that if I have to give her formula, if my husband needed to feed her, you know, through a bottle, that that was okay, that she was still being fed and I could still nurture her well Mm -hmm. that way also. And I think through that experience, I just had so much more compassion for mothers who may be going through a similar experience. And again, I think this is another issue that is not talked about as much sometimes. And this has been my experience in working with a lot of women since becoming a lactation consultant. Sometimes breastfeeding isn't conducive to a mother's mental health. And Mm -hmm. if it's too stressful and it's causing her more anxiety and grief then it's okay. You know, it's okay to formula feed your baby and you can still nurture your child and take care of them and love them mm-hmm. just as well. Yeah. And that's really been a message that for me, I think has really been important for new moms to hear and, you know, to yes. support their choice and to support their decision and ultimately deciding what is best for them. Like, yes, breastfeeding is great for your baby, but, and for mom, but if you are having a hard time mentally and emotionally, because breastfeeding has been so difficult, then, you know, the alternative of formula feeding is just as good for you and your baby. Right. So that became a big area that I became passionate about, especially after having my first. Mm -hmm. And so, I pursued the route of becoming a lactation consultant. And then, yeah, while having my children, I finished all my requirements to become a dietitian and really have just focused my practice around serving mothers, especially during pregnancy and postpartum, because there's so much transition during this time. And, you know, especially during pregnancy, I feel like there's so much attention given to mom Mm -hmm. and, we get so many appointments, you know, we're seeing our doctor and midwife really consistently throughout our pregnancy and then postpartum comes and you have your baby and then bam, it's just like crickets. Right, <laughs> you know, right. Like, That's exactly right. You get your one postpartum checkup six to eight weeks after you have your baby and then there literally is so much lack of support for mothers and right, right. postpartum. And I really have found that that void of support for moms really creates a lot of different issues and can bring up a lot of different things for mothers. And so I really, for me and my practice, I'm just passionate about helping moms during that time really learn how to really nourish themselves and Mm -hmm. do the things they need for themselves and for their health. Because if mom isn't doing well, um, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, then it is absolutely going to affect her ability to care for her children. Right, right. And so, yeah, that's kind of a long <laughs> answer to your question, but this is the area that I've been focusing on in my practice helping mom with nutrition, yes, but. Also just, you know, having that support in postpartum, whether it's for feeding herself or for feeding her baby or children.
0: Yeah. I mean, these are all such important topics. The things that you're describing, just the pressure to breastfeed and the feeling like a failure and if they can't. And even, well, I should say, and also eating, just taking care of herself. And I really love how you framed that there are multiple ways that you can nourish your child and it doesn't have to be through breast milk only. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of moms and sometimes some moms who feel like, well, that's the only thing I can do for them. That's just from me. And that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do that, then I'm a failure too in that way. And there's, you know, again, all of this pressure.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I hear from women all the time that they're not feeding themselves yeah. at the same time that they're struggling with feeding their child and i'm sure there are quite a few things that could be connected to that dynamic but just kind of calling that out here and putting it out on the table for us to look at and think about is so important how do we feed ourselves and that it's okay to nourish your child and nourish yourself in many different ways
1: yes i love that and i'm so glad that you know you're bringing attention to this because It is a hard thing. And that's something I see a lot is that moms are neglecting their own self-care and their own health and wellness while caring for their children. And, you know, I've really learned through my own experiences and, you know, as practicing as a dietitian, that it doesn't have to be either or, you know, it's not like because I'm caring for myself that I can't care for my child or because I'm caring for my child, I can't care for myself. Mm -hmm. And I really see it. It has to be very symbiotic, you know, that Mm -hmm. mom, you have to take care of yourself in order to give the best of yourself to your child. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, there is an element of survival in especially in those early first months yeah. after having a baby. It's, it's just, it is to be expected, but you know, you can only do that for so long before you will burn out as a mother. And, right. and sadly I do see that a lot. I see moms coming to me when they've kind of reached the end of their ropes. And
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think it's absolutely important for moms to know that you need to take care of yourself that self-care, you know, is not a luxury. It is a necessity to mm-hmm. really thriving in motherhood and again, giving the best to your children. And it doesn't need to look like the way that our culture says you should be, or it doesn't need to be mm-hmm. Instagram worthy. Yes. <laughs> to, be, to be good, you know, that there are multiple ways to love for and nurture your children as well as yourself. I think that's a really important message.
0: I hope everyone, you know, who can hear you, especially the moms who are hard on themselves and I don't know what mom isn't hard on themselves on some level, but, (laughs) but the ones who get, you know, the moms who feel really kind of stuck in the ideas of how things are supposed to be and what they should be doing. And like Mm. you're saying that this Instagram type of pressure to look a certain way yeah, I mean, what you're saying, what I'm saying, what we're all trying to say here is like, it's okay.
1: It's It's okay. okay. Whatever you're doing (laughs) is
0: okay. You don't need to be perfect. And please, like, let's just stop with the perfect.
1: Oh, thank you. (laughs) I think that plays a lot too in how women feel about their bodies postpartum. Mm -hmm. And that's another area that, again, I've seen a lot of mamas struggle with. It's like, you know, we see so many unrealistic images and portrayals of what postpartum should look like from everything Mm -hmm. about how you're supposed to feed your baby to how you're supposed to look postpartum. And
3: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, when we're seeing images of, you know, celebrities in their bikinis Mm -hmm. (laughs) looking completely untouched from having a baby like a month after they've delivered, like that is not normal. And I think, (laughs) you know, moms need to recognize that too, because I think we're so hard on ourselves Mm -hmm. and um, so many moms try so hard to alter how their body looks after having a baby. And again, that's just adding more pressure to your plate of things Mm -hmm. that you're already trying to balance and learn and heal from. And, um, that's another really important message that I would love moms to know is that there's no such thing as bouncing back. And I hate that term. Yeah. Because, you know, pregnancy is transformational. It's like mm-hmm. you have grown a baby and <laughs> birthed that baby through your body. You know, why would you want to go back? Like, there is no going back to who you were because you're now transformed. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot
3: there. <laughs> there
0: is. that's so true and such an important point. And I, I love that you highlighted the bouncing back idea and how mm. you, you don't really, you become something new and transition into this new space and you're yes. right. You can't just rewind time and mm. pretend like your belly wasn't, you know, the size of a beach ball or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like You grew a person and so yes. things are different. Yeah. Yes.
1: moms need to hear more of that, you know, it's not that you have to all of a sudden just be in love with this new body of yours. Cause I think that's unrealistic too, mm-hmm. but just learning that your body is different now and that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. that it's going to take time to accept this new body that you're in and to learn how to appreciate the different things about your body But that is a much better approach to take than feeling like you somehow need to do unrealistic things or engage Mm -hmm. in, you know, potentially detrimental behaviors to try to change your body to something that it probably shouldn't be anymore, you know? Right. And again, this is another area that I see a lot of moms struggling with is Dieting can become really enticing during postpartum. Dieting? Mm -hmm. Dieting, yes, where mothers might just feel overwhelmed with how their body looks or the changes that their body has experienced. And it can seem like a diet is a really good solution. Like, oh, maybe I'll just cut this out or, you know, be hard on myself. But really, that can backfire in so many ways. and. That's another area that I see. I see moms come to me sometimes who just feel confused about how to feed themselves now that they're in this transitional period in their life. And sometimes that can you know, play a part in how they are feeding their children as well, just feeling overwhelmed with all the changes that they're going through. So,
0: Right. So I imagine that that's true across the board in terms of you know moms feeling conflicted about their bodies and
1: mm-hmm.
0: how to deal with either you know the weight gain or the weight their yes. body feels or how it looks now and that kind of thing and i think too in particular with if they have a history of an eating disorder it's a bigger potential trigger too
1: yes absolutely and i am really thankful that i was <laughs> solid and pretty strong in my recovery going through pregnancy and postpartum that I personally didn't experience a relapse with my eating disorder. But I know that that this is very common for a lot of moms, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of moms who may have had a history of an eating disorder or just even who may feel uncomfortable about how they're eating or who frequently are engaging in dieting behaviors the postpartum window can be a very vulnerable time for women yeah. um, where it can be very easy to slip back into those behaviors. Mm-hmm. And especially when your surroundings or your environment feels chaotic, Right, falling back into those behaviors can actually give someone a false sense of control. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, if I'm counting calories or you know, focusing all my time and energy on my weight and my food and how much I'm exercising, then everything else is, it might feel okay mm-hmm. <laughs> temporarily, you know, sure. so it yeah. definitely gives that false sense of control. But again, it's something that can potentially backfire for both mom and how she's caring for her children.
0: Absolutely. And that is such a great point specifically for eating disorders. But I also think this is generalizable, so yeah. to speak, to all kinds of things. Whenever we are in periods of change, transition, chaos, stress, whatever, it's a lot easier to resort to our default mm-hmm. and what we have known to be helpful to try it. like you were just saying to get that control to have things feel familiar to numb ourselves Mm -hmm. to whatever it is to cope yes and that is a great example what you're describing of of what that can look like Mm. I think it's you know important for us to think about our lives um, Mm -hmm. as we're going into the transition into postpartum and realize if we can where our vulnerabilities are and yes you know plan to have extra support, that kind of stuff. Anyhow, easier said than done. But yeah, what you're saying is so important Mm to that our vulnerability, this window of time is a vulnerable period of time.
1: It is. And I think going into my pregnancies, you know, I understood that vulnerability in terms of my history of having an eating disorder and was able to they connected to some help and support.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's important for any mamas who are listening who have had that history to know that your provider may not be well-versed in eating disorders. And I think it's something mm-hmm. that so commonly goes under the radar. And right. quite frankly, it's not something that's screened for, mm-hmm. although I'm hoping that that will change in the future. Because again, pregnancy and postpartum are those vulnerable seasons of life for women. Yeah, And if that's something that's not being treated, or you know, if a woman doesn't have support for that, then It can become much more of an issue throughout, you know, her pregnancy and postpartum season. So definitely encourage any mamas listening to advocate for yourself if Mm -hmm. that's something you're struggling with and to connect to professionals who have experience with eating disorders to Mm -hmm. make sure that, you know, you're staying well during a really vulnerable season of your life. That's so fantastic.
0: Well, Crystal, I appreciate you so much sharing your personal experience and just your evolution through motherhood and learning all of these things that you've learned that I think is so helpful and will resonate with so many people too. And just being open to sharing all that you've learned and how you help and support mothers now. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Kat, And thank you for creating this space and this platform. And I think the work that you've done and that you are doing is so helpful for so many moms and I appreciate you bringing light to so many issues that are often hidden in darkness and I just appreciate the work that you do to challenge the stigma that so many moms are facing so thank you and thank you for the opportunity to be here absolutely oh thank you so much
0: there's so many good gems in this episode and this talk with Crystal, things that we can all take away. She shared about her personal experience, but there's really so much in there that applies to a lot of different moms in a lot of different situations. But I think it's so, so important to speak to the experience of moms who have a history of eating disorders, moms who are struggling with breastfeeding, and moms who are struggling with nourishing themselves. So, thank you again, Crystal, for all you've shared today. And I'd love for you guys to know, I recently joined the Parents on Demand Network with other parenting-focused podcasts, one of which is the Empowered Mama with Lisa Drexman. Pod Network has a free app, too, that Mom and Mind is now on, so you can check that out. Please also find us at momandmind.com on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time. Mm Thank you for joining us today. Our hope is that you leave here feeling heard, understood, and hopeful. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Mom and Mind.
2: Hello, you sentient ball of stardust.